I get to introduce our topic and our speaker to you guys this evening. So if you guys were at the gathering last month in October, you got to hear kind of our theme for the year. But if you didn't, I'll kind of recap that. We felt like as the gathering team, as we prayed for this year, we felt like God put on our heart that this year we were to focus on becoming as women, that as we are people who are seeking Jesus, seeking to become more like him, that we would be discipled by Jesus, that we would be people who are continually being disciples in our life and learning and becoming more like Jesus. And so to do that, we are using shapes to, to be tools to kind of teach us some of these discipleship uh, ideas, these discipleship tools. So last month we talked about, we used a circle to talk about noticing and responding to God in our everyday lives. And tonight we are going to be using a grid, I think that's the word for it, a grid, um, to talk about invitation and challenge and how Jesus modeled both invitation, he was highly invitational, but he was also a challenger. He challenged people. And how do we how do we use both of those things to live as empowered people? And so we get to hear from Steve and Trina Fowler this evening. I'm going to invite them up, and um, they get to share with us on being empowered people tonight. And I'm really grateful that we get to be hearing from both of them. I feel like both of them model this really well, and they are, they're two very different people from each other, and yet they embody it uh, in their own personalities in their own ways, and so I'm grateful that we get to hear from them and learn from them tonight. So I'm going to pray for you guys, and then we'll, I'll hand it off. Father, thank you so much for Steve and for Trina. Thank you for their willingness to be here, to share their hearts with us, and I thank you for the wisdom that you've given them that we get to learn from. I pray that uh, we would just be open to what your spirit has for us this evening, that we would Sense your presence moving among us and speaking to us, and um, we just invite you into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I love how she said that we're two very different people, because <laughs> Sam and Steph lived with us for three or four months when they first moved here, so they know us quite well. <laughs> she didn't... She it was had... like 14 months, wasn't it? <laughs> 14 months. <laughs> <laughs> felt, felt like it, felt like it, yeah. no. No, it was great. They're very tidy people. and Very tidy. You're already <laughs> a, learning about yeah, Trina, what's important That's important, important to, her. to me. Yeah, so. uh, I am Trina, and this is Steve, and we have been married for 34 years. Yes. Yeah. I usually get that wrong. So <laughs> he's the date guy, and he does a great job of keeping track how, how many years we've been married, but... Next year will be 35, so it's pretty exciting. I think we have some photos to show you of our prized possessions. We'll see. That's little Charlie. He is our youngest grandchild right now, and he is living in Nashville, which is so sad. Uh, Chase and Bethany owned a house over here across from the youth center, and all four of our kids lived in town about that time, and then they moved to Nashville. So it's a great place to visit, but it's heartbreaking um, to leave him. Chase and Bethany, uh, he travels, he works for some musicians, and he travels some. So I got to watch this little guy for eight solid days. And um, my claim to fame was mom and dad came home, and he played with them and was so excited to see them. And then he got really tired that night, and he looked at dad, and he looked at mom, and he looked at me. 
and he ran to my arms. <gasps> so that made it all the harder to leave, though. So they're going to be here for Thanksgiving, and they're expecting their second, a little girl. So they'll have a boy and a girl, and they're due in February. And then there should be another pick. So that's the Egg Fest with our four grandkids that live here in town. Uh, Finley is eight, Riv is six, Riker is six, and Hope is four. It's hard to keep track of all those kiddos. Uh, three of those are from one family and one's from another family, and they all live here in town. So Tuesdays is Nana and Papa Day, and we used to, I used to watch them all day long, but now they're all in school. So after school, I pick them up, and then Steve and I watch them until the evening and like 8.30 at night and take them home. So we have a lot of fun with them. So that's, those are our prized possessions. I think that's it. That's Finley broke her arm. That's Hope uh, licking her dirt baby from the Egg Fest. Mm -hmm. So she has this thing where she likes to eat dirt, and that's Breaker. So uh, Papa taught the grandkids how to fish this uh, summer, this last summer at Eagle Crest. And so that's Finn fishing. And then Finley and I just went up to Toodle Lake in Washington and she learned how to fish some more, and that's Steve and I with some salmon we caught on the Alsea River. So I like to fish too, so. Um, tonight we're gonna be talking about the Invitation Challenge Matrix, and for just a couple minutes around your table, would you talk about when, when have been times in your lives that you grow the most in the Lord? So around your table, when do you grow the most? Hey, so I'm probably going to interrupt you as you're talking. Sorry about that. Um, but as we talk about this, as Trina mentioned that question about when, if, if you take a bit of an observation of noticing when you, when you grow, chances are that as we walk through this matrix that you're going to see some, uh, some things that are characteristics of that season. Uh, that have something to do with those seasons that we grow in. And um, in the Invitation Challenge Matrix, what I want to do is I want to read from Matthew chapter 19. Uh, it's a story that I'm, I'm guessing that some of you have heard, maybe some of you have not heard this. Um, that's okay. Um, if you want, there's uh, handouts on the table. You can pass those around, and if you want to take notes, you can. Yeah, because we'll get to that here in a second and start filling that out. But here, here's the story. And as uh, Steph mentioned, as, as she was introducing us, that uh, as you guys are having this theme of shapes and discipleship, um, and uh, one of the things as you think about your own spiritual growth uh, really surfaces in Jesus' conversations with people. Um, and he was uh, an inviter. Uh, you know, a lot of times he would say to people, hey, follow me. And um, there were instances where people took him up on the offer, and then there were instances where people said, hey, I, I will, but I, I got this going on. Let me take care of this. Um, and then uh, Jesus would uh, he'd say something strong to them. And with that invitation would often come a very big ask. Um, he'd make a request that um, would oftentimes it gets to the core of the, the hurdle for that person in their own spiritual growth. And you're going to see that in the story. Uh, this rich young ruler, what you're going to see is Jesus giving an invitation for him to follow him. And in that invitation comes a challenge, and it's to let go of something that is, is probably the blocker. 
for his spiritual growth, which happens to be his bank account. So let me read it, and then we'll, we'll talk through the invitation challenge matrix. It says, now a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, uh, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Um, I, I always love that when someone asks a question, Jesus kind of asks a question back. He does that often, and he's, he's pulling some layers back. He'll do that with you as well. Um, which ones the man required? Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, all these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? So he's feeling pretty good about himself. And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go. By the way, it's never a goal of mine. Um, others, it is. Uh, <laughs> If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let me just stop right there. Um, the question at the end is, you know, then who can be saved? What the idea was that if, if you're healthy, wealthy, um, and you're a Jewish male, you're good with God. So here's a Jewish male that is healthy and very wealthy, and Jesus is pointing out his spiritual bankruptcy, and this is this is sort of breaking down the false narratives that people have about what it means to be good with God. Um, but the, the, really, the, what you'll see here in this story, and you'll see it in other stories, is that Jesus, Jesus gives the invitation. And the invitation here is, follow me. Um, and he's asking, how, you know, how, how do I be perfect? And he says, hey, follow me. But after, before you follow me, sell everything you have. There's the challenge. Sell all your wealth, give it to the poor, and then... Things will be good between you and God. You can follow me. Um, and so uh, what we get here is that, that you take that picture. You could take other pictures where Jesus says, uh, you know, to the early disciples, you know, Peter and, and John. And, hey, uh, leave your nets. Come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. We just caught a whole lot of fish, um, and you're pretty impressed with that. Now come with me. Leave that behind, and uh, you're going to catch men. You're going to catch people. And they rise up to the challenge. And so what you'll find in your own walking with Jesus is that Jesus is going to invite you in to something. And then he's going to frighten you because he's going to make a big ask. All right? Um, and, um, and that's typically where growth takes place. So the, the invitation challenge matrix, as you're looking at that, if you go to the, um, those, those two lines, uh, go, go to the next slide there, what you see is uh, that, that middle line represents uh, invitation. So at the very top, you've got high invitation. At the very bottom, you've got low invitation. And then your horizontal line, you've got low challenge and you've got high challenge. And uh, so what, what you'll see is um, when you're in a situation where you have low invitation, but you have high challenge, what you find is a, a, a culture of stress. 
It's a stress culture. When I mean low invitation, is we, we really, when we say low invitation, you, you just don't have much voice. Um, you don't have a lot of say, but there is a lot being asked of you. Maybe if you can, if you can think about uh, maybe a job you've had where um, you, the, you know, the quote is being raised or you just got to get more done, but you have less resources. We don't really want to hear your opinion on how we can do it better. We just want you to get the job done, more sales. Um, and you probably find yourself, you can think about your own experience in life, that there have been seasons where you are stressed and um, it's typically because there's high challenge and perhaps low invitation. And it's the same with discipleship. The, the other bottom quadrant there, uh, when it's low invitation and low challenge, it leads to boredom. You've got a, you got a, a, a bored culture. Not much is being asked of me, and I'm not being invited into much. Um, I just gotta show up, and I just, when I show up, I just kinda, sometimes what happens when I just show up and nothing's being asked of me and I don't have ownership in it, and, um, I'm not very challenged. I, remember the two Muppets? I mean, some of you are too young, but remember the two Muppets sitting up at the balcony? Yeah, that, I mean, that, that was, uh, it's like, you can just sit back and kind of point out, okay, yeah, see how they did that? That was dumb. Um, and, because this is what we do when we're bored, is we, we, gotta, we gotta find something to do. So, um, oftentimes we find ourselves falling into critical spirit stuff, or we're just like, we're just uninspired. I mean, why, why take, part of that um, and um, and that's the board culture now um, the, the next quadrant is you have high invitation but low challenge and that leads to a cozy culture or a culture of comfort and let me just pause there and just say that's where many of us live we live in the cozy because we want voice, we want to be invited, we want to be present, we want to be included, but gosh, please don't ask me to do that. Um, don't ask me to lead, don't ask me to, to, to you know, contribute. It's just, it's just better to be invited and not have any responsibility. And I don't know if you want to chime in on that at all from your own experience of if not, it's okay. Well, I, I think a lot of times you can see this in a church. You're cozy, you're comfortable, the pastor's feeding you, um, you're not really step, you haven't stepped out into volunteering and stretching yourself. Um, you're basically just warming the pew on Sunday morning. And don't get me wrong, there are seasons where when healing needs to take place, um, that is a good place to be. Um, but this is more like you've been here for years and you feel like God's asking more of you, but you're still sitting there just checking in and checking out. Yeah, and, and as I've traveled the U.S. and I've spoken to pastors, um, um, and, and I'm going to do this with you in a second too, um, and I ask, okay, so where are you in, in this quadrant? I would say, where's your church that you're leading? 98% of the time, it's cozy. Um, that's, we're just, we're comfortable. Um, and as Tree has mentioned, that's not a bad thing. There are seasons, we have pastors oftentimes who come to church on Saturdays because they just need to be in a place where they can receive, they need healing, and they just need to be in a place where they don't know what's coming next as far as what song or who's doing what. 
just so they can be off and, and, and just receive. Um, and those are important seasons. Um, but what Jesus tends to do with us is to move us from cozy to the next quadrant, which is the empowered culture. So um, back to Matthew 19, we've got this rich young ruler and um, if you were to put him in any one of those quadrants before Jesus talks to him, you've got to put him in the cozy or the comfort, comfort culture. Life's pretty good. I mean, life's pretty good when your biggest question is, hey, how perfect am I? Um, I mean, what, what's it take? And, and actually, he's cozy, but underneath there's some stress because there's some worry about where, where his, what's his standing with God. And, um, and so what... What ends up happening here is that Jesus makes an invitation and um, he wants him to go from cozy to empowered, all right? So what I mean by this is that what Jesus will do with you, just like he does with the rich young ruler, just like he does with Peter, James, and John, just like he does to the guy who says, no, I just bought a new ox and I gotta go try it out, or I gotta go, my parents aren't doing good, and I gotta go, or someone just died, I gotta go take care of that. What he does is he just he gets at the issue. He, he, he wants people to care for his families, but what he's getting, he's pulling the layers back and saying, no, you're just, you're just stiff-arming me. And he wants to move you from a place of cozy to a place of empowerment, um, because that's where you will grow. Um, and in order to do this, what he will do is, in order to get from cozy to empowered, what you need to understand is you just can't go straight across. And what, what I mean by that is what he's gonna do is he's going to make a big ask and it is going to stress you out, okay? So what you're gonna do in order to get to the empowered quadrant, you're gonna dip down into stress and you're not going to want to be empowered because it's uncomfortable. It's risky, and it's vulnerable. You are going to have to put yourself out there, and you may make mistakes. Now, if you're in a healthy, safe culture, you got people around you who are going to tell you, make your mistakes. It's okay. we we got a team around you. We want to, we want to help you. But um, what Jesus will do with you, if, if you're predicating your growth on Jesus inviting you to do something that feels comfortable, let me just tell you up front, you're not gonna grow very much. You just won't. He's gonna ask you to do something that's gonna make your heart race a little bit. And do you have any examples from your own? Uh, I have several. One of them that I, I don't know if I've shared it with you before, but... Uh, we were attending church at Hood River Alliance when we had left San Francisco, living in Hood River, my hometown, and um, we never had altar calls in my church, but the pastor gave an altar call, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to go forward. And I'm thinking, no, I was raised in this church, I was baptized in this church, everyone knows I'm a Christian, why would I go to the altar? I, that's embarrassing because people would think I wasn't saved when I was here before. And I just felt that tug again, um, go to the altar. And I argued with God for a few more minutes and the altar call, call passed and I went home and didn't think about it anymore. 
So the next Sunday, uh, the pastor did it again. Like, he's never done it, and now he does it two weeks in a row. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, go. And um, I just felt like God was saying, will you trust me? And I just thought, you know, I want to obey God in the small things. And so I just took a risk, and I went to the altar, and instantly there was somebody beside me. And it was a gal that I knew that I watched her little girl once in a while, and she just was out of breath, and she's like, I so wanted to come last week, but I didn't want to be the only one at the altar. And I just thought to myself, wow. I was going through that stress, and I was thinking it was about me. And God was asking me to come forward for Susie. And Susie accepted Jesus that day, and her life was never the same. But what if Susie, uh, Susie had died in a car accident that week? You know, I would never have known the fact that God was asking me to be a part of her salvation story. And so sometimes that stress that God's asking us to do is not always just about us. There might be a part B that we're not really realizing that God's asking us to to go through that stress valley to reach empowered. And now what it does for me now is when I get that prompting, I still wrestle sometimes, especially, you know, in situations where people don't know me, but I'm quicker to go to the altar. I'm quicker to raise my hand. I'm quicker to say yes to when God's asking me to do those things. Yeah, so sometimes it's just in the, in the questions that he asks of you. Um, sometimes it's in serving in different roles. Um, but what you're going to discover is that, that Jesus, Jesus wants you to be with him, but he's going to stretch you. Um, and if you are willing to trust him in letting him stretch you, what you are going to find is that you are going to see yourself become empowered as a follower of Jesus and here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to feel empowered, and then you're going to feel cozy again. And then he's going to give you another assignment. And he's going to, and he's going to grow you again. And he's going to sort of raise the bar again. And so what, what we, as followers of Jesus, what we need to kind of get into the habit and the routine of saying to him is, yes, Lord. Yeah, yes, Lord. Um, but it's hard. It just really is hard. Uh, in this room tonight is one of my heroes, Joanne Wood. She's over here because, I know she doesn't want me to point out, but I'm going to do it anyways. Her and her husband, Jerry, sold a business. I met with them five years ago, and they sold their business, and they moved to Iraq. They moved to Iraq and, and served, and the people there loved them. Now, that's a big ask, to sell your business and go serve in a foreign country. But I bet you if you had a conversation with her afterwards and you asked her, hey, did God teach you anything? Did you grow spiritually while you were living in Iraq? I, she's going to say yes. And, um, and my guess is there's no one else in the room, likely, maybe there is, that God's going to say sell a business and you know, move to the Middle East. But my hunch is he's going to make an ask and you're going to feel your heart beat a little bit faster and... I just want to tell you, we want to tell you, on the other side of that step of obedience is breakthrough. It's breakthrough for you. And you will come to know Jesus at a deeper level because you trusted him. And um, that's, 
When we get the names of God in Scripture, it's because people encountered him and they gave him a name. God's my healer. God's my provider. Um, God's my banner. That They're all associated with moments where people experience God. There's an experience that God wants to have with you, but it's going to require a challenge, typically, of you stepping into. If I, if I look at those four quadrants, I think, you know, where does the enemy of our souls want us to, to stay? And it's the cozy, because usually when we're stressed, we'll, we'll probably seek God, and maybe when we're bored, but usually it's on that cozy, bored quadrant is where he wants to keep us, um, and so we're not empowered and seeking God's face. Yeah, and, and so my job as a pastor is to push people to the empowered uh, and try and, and, and put challenges in front of people. Now, let me just say, in that valley of the shadow of death, that's what I call that little strip down there going through the, the valley of the shadow of death. Because you think you're going to have a heart attack. You think your you're going to die. <laughs> um, that, that there's no way I can do this. Um, Heidi, how, how long have you been doing, uh, like, emceeing and facilitating these? Two months? Have you done sp- public speaking before? Okay. And w- when was the first time you did that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nervous when you started? Uh, because you did it. You're a communicator. Um, there, there's a there's a peace you bring in the room. There's an ease you bring in the room. It's very welcoming. It's very warm. Um, and um, if if she hadn't said yes, um, is anyone here for your first time tonight? Okay, so am I making this up? Did you feel like warmth and acceptance and yeah, a sense of ease, right? Um, if she didn't say yes to that and go through that little bit of a stress, um, chances are, um, you know, that it would may, maybe even less warm, less welcoming, maybe not, um, but we all were blessed because Heidi said yes sometime. This is what happens when we follow Jesus. The more you say yes, the more you get to use your gifts and the more the body is built up. So yeah, you, you've got a communication gift and you need to, to use that even greater levels. Uh, <laughs> have a wonderful plan for your life, just like Jesus. But you just, you just communicate at, at ease, so that's a really good thing. But what you'll find is that when you say yes to Jesus, sometimes you might find yourself in that stress for a little while. Sometimes you might, you might find yourself there for a long time because it's really challenging. Some of you are moms, and um, you, you are, think about parenting, those of you who've had children. Think about parenting. Um, you went from cozy to the valley of the shadow of death, okay? And uh, you're, you're asking like, why did I do this? Why did I think this was a good idea? You, uh, and you've wondered how long before I get my life back? Um, and, um, and it's stressful. So it, yes, on the spiritual side, but you'll see it in other arenas of your life that you engage challenge, you take on challenge, and it brings stress. But on the other side, if you, if you lean in on the stress, on the other side, what you'll feel is you'll feel the sense that you have grown, 
and that you have come to know God at a deeper level. And actually what it does to you is it, it actually encourages you to say yes the next time. Uh, yeah, because you don't want to miss out. Yeah. You, you know what it felt like to say yes. And, um, and a lot of times here on this side of heaven, uh, God gives us just little pictures, just maybe even encouragement from other people of how you were used to be a blessing for someone else. Um, any other thoughts on parenting? No, but I, th I think you can apply this to a lot of different arenas of life, but definitely you'll see this in the gospel. If you're reading through the gospels, just pay attention to the invitations that Jesus gives and then look for the challenge. They're always together. He just always does this. Oh, you want to be healed? Um, well, let me spit, make some mud, put it on your eyes. Now, you walk across town and you go wash your eyes. You're blind, but you go wash in the pool. Even in healings, sometimes Jesus will give a challenge. Um, but you, if you read the Gospels, just watch Jesus give invitation after invitation, and with it is challenge. Well, I was just thinking of just how in parenting or in friendships, we want people to be, feel cozy. We don't want our friends to hurt. We don't want uh, our kids to hurt. Um, so think of this uh, invitation challenge matrix even in your relationships. Um, maybe you're sitting with someone too long in the cozy, and it's time to help them be empowered. Um, we were even talking about the fact that, you know, baking with young kids, um, kids should probably learn how to make a scrambled egg by the time they're eight. But that shadow of the stressed, you know, the valley of death, uh, for me, is the messy kitchen. You know, it's like <laughs> they whip the egg and the egg's flying all over the house. And, you know, but it's, we're empowering them to learn how to do something. Um, so sometimes the stress is our own stress because we want to keep things, you know, Well, it's just together. more convenient to do it yourself, right? But we, we've talked about, it's like when our kids were 10 and we knew they were leaving the house, house when they were going to be 18, that was kind of the goal, and, and um, so we, we, we'd say to each other, we want them making 10 18ths of their decisions. And I know that's a fraction, you can reduce it, but the idea is, is that we want every year they get older, we want to give them more and want to empower them more so that we're not making their decisions for them. So that when they do leave the house, it's not gonna solve all their problems, but it's not the first time they've had to make a decision. So the same thing, is that you, that's, you're discipling your kids when you do that. You're teaching them about life and godliness. So you're empowering them in both areas um, along those lines. So I, probably what we need to do is, I, unless you got something else, I, here's what I'd love you to do. On your papers, I would love for you just, just to make a little dot on there. Where are you? Are you in the stress quadrant as in, I've got so much being asked of me and I've got so little voice, no invitation. Am I bored? I've, I've no challenge, no invitation. I don't know even where to, where to turn. Am I cozy? Have I been in the same small group for 17 years? And, um, and, I've, and someone else always leads and, um, or am I in the empowered or in the valley of the shadow of death? You stepped in, you said yes. And that's where, so just put a, put a little dot there. And what I'd love for you to get into a conversation at your tables, and maybe you can just pair up or however you want to. It's probably better if you just pair up.
um, of people you feel comfortable having a conversation with. But what's it gonna take for you to move from wherever you say you are to the empowered quadrant? Okay, track with me? So if you find yourself in the bored quadrant and you put, your, put the little dot there, what's it gonna take for you to get to the empowered? Um, and uh, have that conversation uh, a little bit, then I, I do have one more thing I wanna say to you and then I'll invite Steph up to, to wrap up. Because we're, we're done at 7.40, right? 7.45-ish? What time are we done? Oh, eight. Yeah. Oh, good. So that won't rush your conversation. So once you take 15 minutes, because this, this actually is a um, plot yourself, share with each other why you put yourself where you're at, and then get in a conversation of how you move to the next, uh, the next quadrant. Okay? Go for it. Oh, you guys are great. Thanks so much for just sharing with one another where God has you and where he wants you to be. Uh, it's been great. Steve and I have had a very busy week, so this has been kind of fun to catch up <laughs> with each other. It's like kind of having a date night in front of all of you. It's a little awkward, but we promise not to make out. You Valley, know? <laughs> of the sh- yes. Valley of the shadow of death. Yes. Uh, did everyone get a chance to talk and share? Uh, did I hear no? Okay. Okay, so... Um, well, you probably done a little bit early, so it'd probably be good if you could keep talking. So here's my question is, I'm just curious, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you. How many in the room uh, would be willing to say, you know what, I'm in the bored or cozy quadrant? Can to raise your hand. Okay, so got a few of you, okay. Anyone in the stress quadrant? Now, are you in the stress quadrant? Um, because you're being challenged? Raise your hand if you're in the stress quadrant and you're being challenged. Okay. Okay, good. That's a lot of you. I say, good. Yay, you're stressed. Uh, <laughs> he, need, he needs therapy. <laughs> he likes you to be stressed. I told Trina, I was, I'm, I'm going to ask which ones are like stressed. Or she's, no, 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 don't do that. I'm like, no, I'm going to challenge them. I need to challenge them. <laughs> We're different. I, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm the nice one. <laughs> she's, always, she's always in the valley of shadow of death. <laughs> I come home, I've got an idea. <laughs> That's true. Um, so if you're in the stress because you've said yes to something that God's prompted you on, way to go. And um, don't give up, okay? You gotta keep moving because um, the temptation will always be to cozy, that's just a temptation. It's just one of, it's just one of our cultural values, right? Um, you want to slip into your comfy clothes. You want to veg out. You don't want to think about that. You just, you know. But here's the thing. No one who veges out or binges out on a Netflix show or just whatever you do to chill, um, no one typically walks away and goes, oh, man, I just feel so more connected to God. <laughs> um, now, you, now, I'm not saying that's bad because... Physical rest is important, um, but understand that if if you if you persevere through the valley of the shadow of death, what you're going you're going to come up and go. I'm I'm in a new place, um, and I didn't give up, and that will build endurance in you, and you will encounter Jesus. You're already encountering Jesus, but right now the waves are pretty big, and you just can't see him, and you feel like you're drowning. Welcome to the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> That, that's just, that's actually a, that's a good place. 
if you find yourself in a place where you say, I got this, that's where I always go, oh, no. Um, it, usually, I mean, it usually means there's a challenge coming around the corner. Again, it's not bad to be comfortable. It's not bad to be cozy. I think by God's grace, what he does is after we go through the stress and we get to that empowered place, we, might, we find ourselves in a season of rest, and that's good. So don't go to a place of guilt. It's, it's, it's okay to be restful and comfortable, um, but just don't plan to stay there very long um, because you want to keep following him. He's just going to take you to deeper water, and he's safe and he's good. I think it was uh, Rob Reamer when he came, he was talking about um, some of his kids who weren't walking closely with Jesus and how he was praying for protection and that God would remove these obstacles and um, all these things to keep them protected. And he heard God clearly say, when do you grow? And he's like, what? And he's like, you don't grow when you're safe and comfortable and life is going great. So why are you praying that for your kids? Pray that, they, that I would pursue them. Then a beautiful prayer? Pray that I would pursue them. So instead of praying all these cozy little protection prayers that we pray for our kids and our grandkids, ourselves, our spouses, our friends, let's pray that God would pursue them. Um, because that's his heart for them, and that's where we're going to grow. Yeah, and, um, and it's Irwin McManus in his book called The Barbarian Way says, um, do not believe someone that tells you that the safest place is being in the center of God's will. It's not safe. Um, it is the best place to be, but if don't make safety your goal, because then comfy will be your, your existence. Um, and if you want to grow, you're going to find you're going to find yourself not feeling safe at times um, because you're you're putting yourself out there. So your heart's going to race a little bit. Um, you're going to wonder, did I did I do it right? Did I, and then if I made a mistake, did I mess up? And 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 you, and you start regurgitating and um, you know being hard on yourself. And um, that that's pretty common when you're in that valley, of the shadow of death. So just keep going on. Hang on. You're doing you're doing good. So my, my challenge for you would be to ask Jesus, Jesus, what are you asking of me? What are you asking me to do in this next season? Um, and it could be something as small as writing an encouragement card for someone, and it's a stretch, or asking for forgiveness, or extending forgiveness. But um, don't be afraid to ask Jesus questions. I think so often we pray our requests, but ask him. Jesus, what are you asking of me in this next season? Yeah, it's a great prayer. The, the second, uh, second question that goes with this is simply, and, and you'll probably find these in the shapes. If you, if you were here last month, I don't know if you did this as well, but these are two questions we ask often. I, I asked him last weekend, God, what do you want me to know about you? I'm going through this. Um, don't, don't go too quickly to the do. God, what, what do you want me to know about you? I'm stressed out. I said yes to you, and you are killing me. I feel like I'm out here on my own. I feel like I don't have what it takes. Um, before I get to my complaint or my, um, you know, what do, I, what do I do? What do I do? This isn't going well. What do you want me to know about you? And then move to the, okay, what do you want me to do? Because out of that understanding of who he is, that you'll, you'll be empowered to take the step that he gives you. 
You've got to remind yourself of who he is. Anything else want to add? Or? Okay, so um, right before you come up, um, let me just say, is there any questions on the invitation challenge matrix? Or not on the invitation challenge matrix? It's okay. I like questions. Anyone have any? Okay. So um, when we walked in and we were training her in the back and uh, Allie was leading us in worship, um, I just, as I was praying for you guys, I just heard um, that there's at least one person here, maybe more, who's lonely. You're, you're just lonely. And I also heard it doesn't mean that you are um, necessarily single. You actually might be lonely in your marriage. Um, and then I heard the Spirit say, I set the lonely in families. And um, if you're here tonight and you are feeling lonely, you're in the right place. Um, this could be the beginning of family for you. Or maybe it's the table that um, was referenced uh, a, little, a little earlier. I, I just, I think you just need to know that God sees you. So I don't need to know that's you. I just need to be obedient and tell you that. So if you came and you're like, I don't know if I fit in. I don't know if I have community. I don't know if I fit in here. I don't even know if someone was going to talk to me tonight. Um, I'm talking to you and I'm telling you God sees you. So take heart. Keep leaning in. Don't give up. Okay? Yeah. Thank you, Stephen, Trina. Appreciate you guys sharing with us this evening. I, um, yeah, I just, I felt God speaking to me. I sensed that he was speaking to all of you as well. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Enneagram. Uh, but for those of you who are, I'm a six, which means that I really, really like safety. And so I just kind of, I'm kind of mad at Steve right now. For <laughs> um, no, it's good. He he's, he's likes that he uh, puts me in that that stress quadrant. Um, but some of you might be f sitting here feeling like like I do when I feel that, when I hear that, that just that tension of I, I don't want to be stressed. I want to be safe. I want to be cozy. Um, but as we were talking around our table with the first table talk of just... Um, when, when have we sensed God moving and speaking into our lives the most? And it's when we have been challenged. It's in those hard seasons when we feel like we have to see God come through. So um, I just bless you all this week with challenge, with, um, with the sense of, of God moving in your life, that he is with you, even in the... I thought that was mood music for a second, but um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bless you guys with, um, with the knowledge that God is with you as he's moving you into the empowerment stage. That whether you are in cozy or you're bored or you're stressed, that he is moving you. Um, he's moving you to be empowered women, um, that he's with you in that. So I'm going to pray for you and bless you as you go. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for your spirit that is at work. 
in this room, in our hearts. Um, I'm so grateful that you speak and you move. I pray that wherever we are on that matrix, if we are feeling cozy, if we are bored, if we're stressed, or maybe we are empowered, um, we're in a season where we feel empowered, I pray that we would we would sense your presence with us, that we would know that you are near and that wherever we're at, that we would, it would cause us to run to you, to turn to you, to hold fast to you. I pray against the lullaby of our culture that just wants us to, to be safe, to be cozy, that, is, that that desire can be so innate in all of us. I pray against um, the when we're stressed of just feeling like we have to figure it all out on our own. I pray that in each season, whatever stage we're at, that we would turn to you, that we would cling to you, and that we would sense you um, leading us and calling us to be more of who you've created us to be. So thank you for these women. Thank you for bringing them here tonight. Um, Bless them as they go. In Jesus' name, amen.